This is Kim Davis. Welcome to another of our one-on-one podcasts. My guest today is the CMO of PEGA, Tom Libretto. Welcome. Thanks, Kim. Happy to be here. Yeah, and uh, not the first time we've spoken, but we've got some interesting stuff to cover today. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. And in fact, we were just, before I hit record, we were just talking about when we, we first met, which I think was around March 2017. Right. And interestingly, one of the things we spoke about back then was uh, your mission of raising Pegasus profile in the CRM world. Right. And, you know, that's like 15 months ago, but it's like an eon has passed. And <laughs> here we are today. And the first question I have for you is whether it makes sense, whether it should make sense to talk about traditional CRM anymore. Are we moving into a post-CRM world? I, I think ultimately we will get there. I think there's a there's a long journey to um, to walk. You know, as any um, any big market category category is redefined. Um, but I think the you know the w- what's included in the CRM space these days is very different than five ten years ago, where you know CRM has traditionally been about. Um, you know, B2B sales-focused customer relationship management. It's now transcended into um, B2C e-commerce use cases all the way through marketing automation, um, which was never used to be included in CRM. Um, so as CRM has evolved, we like to call it customer engagement, has evolved to mean way more than just sales efficacy um, in, a, you know, in a B2B selling format. Um, you know, we, we think that's a, a reflection of how organizations and enterprises are thinking about customer centricity yeah. that are, you know, that is channel agnostic, um, whether it's through a sales interaction, a marketing interaction on inbound or outbound, a customer service interaction, uh, a field service interaction, all of those interactions, um, you know, I think have, have pushed vendors like us and others in the marketplace to rethink how we talk about CRM. And as I mentioned, we're um, you know, we like to coin the phrase uh, customer engagement. Yeah, um, customer engagement. The other thing which you prompt me to think of is customer experience, this idea of being customer-centric and the idea that an experience with a brand isn't just seeing an ad or making a purchase. It's it, The ideal is for it to be an ongoing experience of the brand, its message, its image, and some affinity with it. And for that to happen, it means customers have to be treated the same way whether you're dealing with marketing to them or selling to them, servicing them, making products available and so on. So that's that's a big change, isn't it? Seeing this as a holistic entity. Spot on. I think the I think the you know from a marketer's point of view, um, empathy and uh, you know emotional connections with customers um, is is really coming back in favor in a big way because there's a you know we went through a uh, almost an admittedly down period in the in the marketing landscape where um, you know, for for lots of well-intended reasons, um, the you know the segment-based approach of um, canvassing a user base or a, a prospect base with messaging through digital mechanics or, or otherwise um, produced outcomes or produced um, you know, produced uh, you know, lift in 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 different channels. Um, I think that period of, of, of interaction style mm-hmm. has passed, and um, there, are, there are heightened customer expectations uh, around what it means to um, be loyal to a brand and give my business to a brand, um, where the, you know, the, the quid pro quo is 
I need to be, I, I, I need to be addressed and feel like I'm being addressed um, as an individual. And increasingly, you want brands to share your values. That's something we've seen very clearly. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, personalization is here, in a sense. We all know that because whenever we go online, we get ads fired at us for something we recently browsed or researched. Sure. But personalization can be done very, very badly. We've all been shown ads for things we've already purchased, I go and research a hotel one month, but I'm still being shown hotels to the same city the next month. Right. There are a lot of bad customer experiences out there, even though they've correctly identified me and they know who I am. Yeah. Is this because people, brands, are still relying on old-style technology, old-style customer records where you, you append some data to a profile and then you get around to sending out an email or making a call and it's all kind of... Dragging its dragging its wheels, I guess. Yeah, I think I, I, I think there is there are many old style strategies, frankly, um, not to mention you know the 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 use of older technologies that um, uh, that exacerbate those strategies. But I think of you know the the example you gave of being followed around on the website, you know, based on what you may have viewed on on one brand's website, um, we call it retargeting. Um, it, to, to me, is not personalization. That's just a that's a, a potentially smarter way from a you know, from a selfish point of view, of getting you to see something, n number of times before you hit a, a, a threshold number where we can calculate that there's going to be a high propensity that you're going to take action. So that's you know that's sort of the old way of thinking about personalization. I like to think of you know personalization being um, again more empathetic and thinking about the look if you if you went to a brand's website and you viewed something that's great. What other types of experiences can we surround you with that are going to help you make an informed decision on whether that product or that service is the right thing for you or not? Don't just show the person the same ad over and over again until you hit that threshold number, but start to immerse them in experiences where they can make a you know a yes or no decision um, you know based on based with, with more information at hand. So you're distinguishing between personalization, which is just a matter of correctly identifying me and as me as someone who was looking at a pair of shoes mm -hmm. and actually understanding a little bit more about me and what I might want to see, the messages I might want to receive and when and through what channel, that kind of thing. Absolutely. I mean, the, there's there are a lot of techniques, you know, um, enabled by, um, by new generation technology where your profile can be enriched. And with that, in, you know, enriched um, and enhanced data, we can determine um, the times of day that you like to be um, interacted with, um, either, again, on an inbound or an outbound basis, um, the types of formats that you're more comfortable interacting with, um, whether or not that's even been declared to the brand um, you know, by you. Uh, so I think those types of, those types of techniques and, and technologies are leading to um, you know, what I hope to be a, a, a new or a rede redefined level of personalization. There's a couple of ways to, to go from there. I think the first thing I just want to ask you about briefly is uh, the privacy angle, because mm -hmm. what we've been writing about at DMN all year is GDPR, which is going to have an effect sure. on North American companies, not just European companies. So is, is there a way to um, evolve the customer, evolve customer engagement along the lines you've just been describing while respecting privacy and not just creeping people out by knowing too much about them. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I look at I look at the you know the the movement of GDPR, which will undoubtedly 
um, you know, be a global phenomenon, um, you know, in the not so distant future as a as an extremely positive thing. A heightened awareness of of an individual's data that a brand is 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 collecting about them and on them um, can have nothing but good consequences. When consumers are put, um, you know, have more control about how their information is used, um, they're going to be inclined to either give permission to a brand very specifically around formats, around timing, around um, you know even yes or no, whether I want to, I want to you know trust you with my data at all. Um, and when you know when those and th those two are opportunities to interact with a customer. Um, and you know, and provide a positive experience in the process of helping them mat better manage their their um, you know their information with you. Um, but that you know that 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 sort of trade of information and value um, is 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 going to be exposed at a level that we've never seen before with the rise of things like GDPR, which in, in my mind is a great thing. Yeah, it, it's certainly a form of GDPR adopted globally solves an awful lot of problems. It sure does. It? Yeah. I think it scares the heck out of traditional <laughs> marketers who yeah. don't, you know, who haven't evolved to, you know, that that more that more one-to-one -one mindset because um, it will have consequences, um, you know, for sure in those in those traditional marketing methods. Absolutely. And the the other uh, path to go down if we're talking about meeting the consumer as an individual in context in the moment, then we're talking about doing something quite rapid and we're talking about doing it at scale. And that means, as I understand it from a lot of things I've heard from people recently, that you can't just talk about customer engagement, you also have to talk about artificial intelligence mm -hmm. and new forms of automation. Talk a bit about, about that. Absolutely. Uh, we, we, we ourselves are, are firmly in that space with our customer decision hub. Um, which, which in a nutshell, is a real-time interaction management platform uh, that uses AI to determine those next best moments, channels, and actions um, by which to engage with customers. Uh, and we do that at scale for, for some of the, the world's largest brands. Um, that Those models in the background um, are looking at all sorts of information um, that's been permissioned by the by the customer or the consumer themselves, um, and making those real time determinations um, when they see that individual connected to the website or the mobile app or in a branch location, um, and makes those decisions again in 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 real time so that the right content, the right offer, um, the right nudge, the right this or that. Um, can be can be manifest in that moment um, that is going to deliver for that customer the right outcome. And a phrase I hear all the time is next best action, and that that can apply in marketing, can apply in sales, can apply in customer service, all, all kinds of different cases, can't it? That's right. Yes. Um, so let's talk a little bit about automation as well. Marketing automation as a category has been with us for a while now, and it can mean all kinds of different things. But what I'm hearing about is a uh, use of, of robotics, which I think people get, get the, uh, the wrong image in their head when you talk about ro robotics. I think, think it's like transformers or something. But we're really talking about being able to handle marketing sales service cases at scale by allowing the machines to take over for simple or repet not necessarily simple but repetitive time consuming tasks that's that's absolutely that, that, that yeah i can't i can't do a better job <laughs> at that at the uh, the explanation there Kim. yeah i mean ro robotic automation is just a um, it's just a type of of efficiency gainer um, by again moving moving 
removing those, those rote or repetitive tasks from the workflow of an individual. And there are, there are a variety of customer service use cases where um, you know, firing off a robot to fetch a piece of data and deliver it back in real time to the CSR. Um, or take over for the CSR and go update an address change in 15 other systems where um, they would typically have to open those applications on their screen one by one and copy and paste, copy and paste. Those are, those are very easy and logical um, types of, of use cases to, um, you know, to use robotic automation to, to, again, make those processes more efficient, which therefore makes those customer outcomes more satisfying. Um, and has the added benefit of making those sort of employee satisfaction numbers go up. That's what I was thinking because customer engagement, people have been talking that, about that for a little while now, but I'm hearing more and more pe people talking about employee engagement. Absolutely. Because that's all part of delivering a good experience at the end of the day. Oh, and the, you know, the, these you know, uh, customer service professionals um, you know, particularly – um, are you know are there to serve customers and and they get they they get great joy and satisfaction from providing good service to to their end customers and if we can help them do that in a more efficient way and produce better outcomes for their customers yeah the the the, the natural consequence is that they themselves will be better engaged and more fulfilled okay I want to finish up with kind of a crazy question why not <laughs> uh, like fifteen months ago talking about CRM. 15 months from now, are we going to have moved on from customer engagement? Will we have a new term, a new phrase? Or in a sense, does that really matter? Is it just all about at the end of the day? Yeah, gosh, I, I hope not. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of re redefining going on in the text <laughs> landscape in general. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I, yeah, I think you hit it at the end here. I don't think, I really don't think it matters. Um, you know, we, we talk about customer engagement as a means of delivering um, positive, efficient customer outcomes. Um, and that, that will never change, regardless of what buzzword or term replaces CRM or customer engagement. Excellent. Well, I will check back in with you 15 months from now. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Tom, thanks very much for joining us. Right, thanks very much.